Thanks to our sponsor, Ecotricity. Ecotricity is New Zealand's only carbon zero certified electricity retailer. They offset all emissions sourced from wind, hydro and solar. Find out more at ecotricity.co.nz. Kia ora. Kia ora. And welcome to another episode of How to Save the World, a podcast that tries to insert itself in this environment of all the... Madness. Grim ecological news that we get bombarded with all the time these days, which is important because there's a lot going on out there, but we are trying to... We're happy people. We're happy people. We're trying to raise the happy consciousness a little bit and motivate um, a bit of positive change out there so we can actually do something about it instead of hiding under the bed. Would that be an accurate read on what we're trying to do here at the podcast, Waveney? I think so, Tim. I think so. And today's a bit of a different one because we always focus on what we can do, yes. like the actual, the in our inner shopper and all of that, and we go off and actually um, make some changes. Um, but today we're going to be talking about how we can ditch landfills. So it's a little bit of more of a, we're going to have our citizens hats on looking at um, should we be signing that petition, should we be supporting that, should we be voting for this politician, uh, and just being informed around uh, something that's – it's not a fun time, is it, landfills? We, we sort of <laughs> <laughs> oh, it depends. So, yeah, I had a great time at the tip when oh, I was when a, kid. a kid. Absolutely. Me too, me too. Yeah, You'll that's right. To climb over them when I was a kid. Yeah, well, that's it. Since you've been able to – since you've had to stop climbing over them, yeah. they're not fun anymore. Yes. I guess most people don't want them. People certainly don't want them in their backyards. Um, Auckland's looking, well, waste management is looking to get a new landfill in to service the Auckland market in, in the Dome Valley between Walkworth and Wellsford. And there's huge public outcry around that. Um, and whether it's there or whether it's somewhere else, this is just the issue with landfills. And um, they produce tonnes of methane and this eternal sort of leachate problem. And it's just not a great thing to do with plastic or food waste or all just all of that sort of stuff that we just chuck. So that's what this is about. We've tried it. It didn't work. And there is a very attractive alternative to a landfill, uh, which is basically what we're going to be looking at today. And that is waste energy. Mm. And I say attractive because it just seems so... It seems shiny. Oh, it's like magic. Um, Waste energy takes a problem of of our waste and it seems to turn it into a solution or uh, taking our waste and turning it into energy which is something that we all need um so that's what we're going to be looking at across new zealand it's if you imagine like a big fairy full of waste of rubbish that's Mm -hmm. probably about what hits our landfills every day wow so that's a lot of bioactive toxins and plastics that's just going to fester away. So it seems like a pretty important thing, something to worth, something really worth investigating. It does astound me all the time that our big solution that we ran with to the problem of we've got all this rubbish everywhere is, um, should we just bury Put it, it in, in a hole? Yeah. And this whole waste to energy thing, they're already doing it in Sweden and politicians a lot of the politicians here already love it let me tell you my experience with it so far if i may you may i get targeted because facebook knows who i am now online with these stories and videos because there's particular little kind of niche news outlets that are created just for like left-wing people to kind of throw um basically greenwash news at them because they know they'll click stuff just creating clickbait and this is so one of those where um it'll show 
stock footage, beautifully shot slow motion of all these rubbish trucks like dropping off the waste into these huge underground incinerators. And they're like, in Scandinavia, they burn their rubbish to such an extent that they're bringing in other countries' rubbish. And I go, wow, that's so cool. Why aren't we all doing that? Why indeed? And I didn't know why until I started talking to you about it. And you said, well, Tim, it's not quite as simple <laughs> as yeah, you Yeah, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, yeah, whatever we do with our waste, it's, we, it's just really good to just take a step back and think about what is waste. Is there na- waste in nature? Why do we have waste? Um is there, you know, like to take a step back and not just be focusing not take it as given, as given exactly. that we're going to have yeah, as much yeah, waste yeah, as we have right yeah, now? Yeah, it's one of I think it's the four. It is the fourth highest contributor to greenhouse gas, gas emissions in New Zealand. Landfills are uh, waste, waste, the waste sector. Right. Yeah, wow. so I think that well, it should include the truck miles to right. like Redvale, for example, which is one of the two really massive landfills that service Auckland. They've got a consent for 325 trucks a day to be going back and forth from wow, Auckland wait. to Redmail. Yeah, so it's there's some pretty big um, costs to getting it right. And the other, I guess, one of the other things is that um, we have the plastic and the microplastic building up in the environment. And if waste energy can just magic that away, that's yeah. something I really want to know more about. That'd be neat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is waste is also toxic when we leave it in landfills. And so, again, if waste energy can fix that problem, I want to understand that. Um, but there, if we do go down that waste energy line, we're looking at multiple millions for investment. And it's that's money that we need to think about. Well, if you had that money, what is the best outcome? Is it waste energy or is it something else? Is it a state-of-the-art landfill or is it community recycling or a circular economy or whatever. So I guess it's about looking at the energy footprint of these things, the toxic footprint and the the money and the um, the community employment footprint sure. as well. Actually. Yeah, this yeah. is like a social or even socioeconomic part of this. Yeah, that's right. It's always just good to look through all of the different lenses. But shall we start with what is waste energy? Yeah, please. Turns out that waste energy can, as a as a pretty broad term, mm-hmm. that can be used for incineration, mm-hmm. um, and I think that is pretty much well. It's going to be the focus of this podcast today. It's the one that's in my head. Yeah, because the, the, the incineration companies have kind of taken over the the term, mm-hmm. and it is a little bit synonymous with incineration. But just to be clear, there's gasification and pyrolysis. Um, and anaerobic digestion that are all considered waste to energy. Um, so incineration is so. Did you have you been hearing about um, how in Westport they were trying quite hard to get a waste to energy plant? And it's just me <laughs> in my bubble. <laughs> yeah, they had this big incineration plant to do with their cement works, which has closed down. And so. Um, the Renew Energy Company has been really trying hard to work with Westport to build a waste energy plant there. It'll win a bit pear-shaped, so now they're trying in Hokitika to do it. So that's probably the, the one in New Zealand that's closest to getting off the ground in terms of using municipal waste. Right, we don't have one yet. We've got an incineration plant. N- not, no, no, we don't in New Zealand. This is all, the, and that's why this 
podcast today is quite a um, well-timed one mm. because we don't have if it. If we don't say so ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have it and uh, we're going down a pathway uh, where people are getting sick of landfills and we still seem to be having waste so we, we need a solution of some sort and we're getting a lot of people from overseas coming to us from that waste energy sector and that could be uh, the incineration or the gasification guys or whoever uh, that are coming to talk to us about how great their technologies are and how our communities should invest in waste energy right? instead of a landfill or gotcha. whatever. Yeah. So incineration burns stuff at high temperatures. It creates heat and ash. And that heat, uh, they use that to power turbines to create electricity. Works really well in those Nor- Nordic countries mm-hmm. um, where they're qu- it's quite well known that they've got this waste energy and it works really well and they, they ship in their waste. And it's um, one of the reasons it works so well there is because they've got central heating, basically, and they can just take the heat. Right, they don't have to transfer yeah, it to another yeah, yeah, form yeah. of energy. That's right. They just use the yeah, heat. Yeah, they just use the heat. Gotcha. So that works quite well in some countries. Um, gasification is not burning. Um, I had a great conversation with this guy, Mike, in California um, from a company called Sierra, um, and they've been in New Zealand too talking to people. Um, uh, their version isn't doesn't involve burning. They are injecting oxygen and steam which creates high temperatures to break up molecules and that generates uh, syngas and molten metal and rock or, or slag um, and then there's there's possibilities for each of those products to be used with different things right. then there's pyrolysis which is an option that's often explored for tyres in New Zealand and um, that is sort of melting things I guess you'd say at a lower temperature than gasification um, and it, it turns stuff into other stuff, I guess you could say. It's my non-technical version, but primarily oils and char, which right. can be used to make diesel fuel and stuff like that. And then there's anaerobic digestion, which is worth a mention. It's kind of not what we're talking about today. Um, we're talking about municipal um, waste today, and which is... Every, all of the waste all mushed together um, whereas this is more like food waste or green waste uh, and it decomposes in an anaerobic environment which is actually a swamp that's how in nature that's the, the version so if uh, normally if something falls on a forest floor that would be aerobic with oxygen uh, but in a swamp it falls into the um, a swampy environment and it has to break down without oxygen so because it's under the yeah surface yeah of that's liquids. right yeah yeah so it doesn't right. have and so that's a quite a different and that's done with bacteria right is, is that the process by which it breaks down it's like it's it's microorganisms yep. doing the yep. the job instead of high temperatures or what have you. Well, there's there's high temperatures involved and the compost like a compost like it all involves that it is just microorganisms all yep. of, all of the processes um, for composting I should say. So they take basically the key thing is that there's no oxygen and it creates methane. Right. That's why it's called waste energy because you're taking, say, a food waste and you're creating methane, which is an methane energy. Methane becomes the yep, energy. Yeah. So um, there's an organic waste recovery facility confirmed for Topol. Um, and they've borrowed seven million off Shane Jones and uh, the government. I should this say. is the regional fund. This, yep, and um, it's quite a cool partnership between EcoStock and TNG, and they're going to be using their old tomato vines and then local waste as well, food waste, and processing it and then using it in their plant. Great. That is out of scope for us today. Okay. We are looking at 
waste to energy is is it a solution to replace our big landfills for our, uh, like our non-organic well um, about half of what we put in our landfill is actually organic sure. as in food waste and, and green waste and so there is a proposal for an incineration style plant that we're looking at in New Zealand, which is the thing we want to kind of talk about and get into yeah, the there nitty gritty is. of yeah, now. Yeah, um, in Hokitika and also in Huntley. Um, well, actually, the Huntley one's more of a uh, concept that someone's put forward. Um, so, yeah, let's start with. So, does that answer your what is it question? Yes. Good. Because it was actually me that asked the question. It was on in your my behalf, head, yeah. It's anything where you put what is considered waste in quote marks, and I think that's a really important thing that you've driven home for me is that it's like, well, what is waste? Mm. It's like, what is a weed? Do you know? What? I heard a good definition of a weed the other day. It's just a plant in the wrong place. Yes, it's apparently an old horticulturalist saying. But yeah. waste is the same thing. It's yeah. just stuff in the wrong place. Yeah, which is a classic. There is no waste in nature. Yeah. Anyway, let's not digress. Five reasons for waste energy. Let's hear them. Okay. Um, it creates energy. We need energy. That's we, good. Energy is a good thing. That's something we want. We use heaps of it. So that's great. It could be biofuel, syngas, which is synthetic gas. It's not a transport-grade fuel, but then you can use that to create other stuff that's very useful. Um, number two, it avoids landfills and therefore avoids the environmental problems of landfills. That's great. That's what we want. Big tick. Number three, reduces the volume of rubbish by up to 70%. Feels similar to two, but I'll allow it. Number four, <laughs> creates jobs. So, for example, um, with the Hokitika one, they were comparing that to Dublin Island uh, because there's a plant over there that's created 100 jobs. So... Hooray. That's great. Number five, which is a big one that the Zero Waste crew always comes up with as a critique, is that it doesn't have to be just gobble everything up. Like, like because you could say, well, actually, we want to recycle as much as we can. We want to take the food waste out. We just, and, and then you could say that waste energy is great because it is just for that residual that really is quite difficult and you don't know what to do with it. And you it's can. The final tricky stuff. Yeah, that exactly. We can't break down another way. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the, that, I guess that's kind of the last point is that it's, it, it, you could say it's a good complementary solution for the le- leftover waste. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, the, and the other aspects there, which you kind of touched on before with when we're talking about the biodigestion, is that it doesn't have to be about burning or processing everything all mixed up together. It could be a solution for tyres, for example, or whatever. Anything else to add there, Tim, or anything, any impressions, any emotional responses? Well, those all sound like good things to me. We need energy. We need jobs, we've got waste, and we don't want that, and we certainly don't want it in a landfill. So, uh, sounds like we're done here. Let's all build some incinerators. Pack up and go home. Yeah. Short episode. Um, so... There's a butt coming, isn't there? There's a butt I'll coming. Yep. So, we, you and I ran that competition a couple of weeks ago, and asking people to ask a question that they wanted us to answer on the podcast and there were a few people that won and one of the ladies that won was um she won because she got the most number of likes on her comment which what or on her question which was <laughs> tell me five things that is wrong with incineration which is a classic it's like 
preempting the. It's uh, a good devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, um, solicitation. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, what I'm going to do is just really basically go back through that list mm-hmm. and just relook it. Oh, okay. Okay. So the first one was around it creating energy. Yeah. Um. So it is. It. It isn't necessarily a great way to create energy. So. If you start with a question, how do we want to create our energy that we need to use? You might come up with another pathway. It's Solar, wind generation. Yep. Uh, t- t- what is it called in the ocean? The turbines in the ocean? I don't know what that's called, but that thing. Yeah, tidal thing or tidal. whatever. Yeah, so in New Zealand, 80% of our electricity is already from renewable resources. And we have a plan to be 100% renewable by 2035. So waste energy actually competes with our renewable energy goals because... (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting way of putting it. It's not in line with our... (laughs) It's not in line. Yeah. And this really boils down to, at the end of the day, energy is still a better thing than something festering in a landfill. So we have to kind of keep that in mind uh, as we talk this through. Um, Per unit of energy... Incineration is certainly worse than coal for greenhouse gas and mercury emissions. Um, so we have to definitely keep that in mind. Um, if we were to replace coal or even worse in New Zealand, replace renewable energy with uh, waste energy, that would definitely be a big backward step. Um, and the other thing is that you get less energy. So kilo for kilo waste produces less than one third the energy of coal and up to one sixth the energy of natural gas. Um, while producing a lot more pollution. That actually surprises me that it's even near a third of coal because coal is specifically just there to create energy. So obviously it's not nearly as efficient, but that's even higher. Yeah, than yeah, exactly. Like with the guys that are, and I, I, when I spoke to Michael about this from Sierra, he pointed that out. It's, a, it's that, you know, you're starting with coal. It is basically, it is an energy yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Um, whereas it's obviously a bit harder when you're trying to take a problematic item and create mm. um, something good out of it. Um, so I guess it just really comes down to if... You are going to say that waste energy is this great thing because of the energy, then you then if that's your main reason, then you just need to look at that actual energy profile question. For sure. Yeah. The next one is around avoiding landfill. Yes. Well, incineration doesn't avoid landfill, and it is the incineration guys that have been... Um, that are sort of getting things a bit more off the ground here. Now, how does that work? Because I would have thought the truck that's taking my rubbish to the landfill will instead take it, that it'll turn left instead of right and yeah. take it to an incinerator. To the good place. Yeah. So, yes, but then what happens? Because honestly, before I looked into this, yeah. that was, I just imagined it would just poof, just magic well, away. Sure. Okay, so so uh, obviously you've you've looked into this. There's going to be a, like an ash product at There's the end a, of it, yeah, which is yeah. basically just carbon, right? It's toxic, okay? So the, the ash is is so toxic that you have to take it to not just a regular landfill but a special landfill for really toxic waste. Um, And it reduces the volume of waste by up to 70%, which is an interesting one. That's the volume of waste. Sure. So... You, so you've got this highly concentrated toxic stuff left over. Yeah. So you can kind of um, say that, sure, you burn your waste, 
but what you end up with is something more toxic. Mm. And actually, arguably, like I know in Kaikoura, Innovative Waste Kaikoura, they were really running out of space in their landfill. So they bought a compaction machine that would usually be used for baling plastics to send offshore for recycling. Uh-huh. And they actually started compacting their municipal waste. And the, That'll fix it. Well, no, it, <laughs> it was a really good move because they were able to extend the life of their landfill. They, those guys were up to about... I don't know, probably about 80% waste diversion from their landfill anyway. So they're getting everything out that they right, could and right, the right. remainder they were compacting. And their compaction ratio was about 1 to 16. Wow. So actually, if you're just interested in a, compa- a, a reduced volume, you sure. could actually just... Which I do understand the argument for because it's like, look, we've already got the landfill. It's already built. It's there. It's not going anywhere. So we may as well use it to the most efficient yeah. extent. Yeah, yeah, and we can really extend the life of our landfill if we start doing stuff like that. And that's a lot cheaper. It's a lot. It's just a lot more effective. Yeah. And so when you burn waste, the 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 then it's not like your old school incinerator. It's like the, there's fantastic technology now that has really reduces the harmful effects of burning waste. But it's not. It's just not a magic bullet. There's yeah. still dioxins that are carcinogenics, and um, they produce basically uh, the ash, which has to be landfilled, and then it's called fly ash, which is the what comes out of the, the filters. Um, oh. So there's really good filters. So that's capturing, that instead captures of it just a, being a chimney spewing yeah, all yeah, of this bad stuff out right. to the air. Yeah, that it. goes through filters. and But then after that, they've still got all these studies to show that things are ending up in our lungs if you're living near there and it, things bioaccumulate. So when they look at safe levels of heavy metals, um, they're not typically taking into account the bioaccumulation so the effect over time yeah. are these things that don't go anywhere that's a really interesting one right because often when you have standards and you're doing testing for a technology or, or even food safety or something you would like test it right after the thing is used or for a food right after you've eaten it say but you're not taking into account the fact that it's like okay cool that ticks the box for one of those things but over time with yes. bioaccumulating yeah. substances it's just stacking it on top, on top, on top, that's on top, right. on top. And that bioaccumulation, I think that's a word that we've used before in this podcast. It comes through a lot when you're talking about various like applications of synthetic fertilizers or uh, eating non-organic food. It's like all of the tests tend to be looking at one toxin or one chemical or whatever um, and looking at that effect of that one thing. So not the relationship of those that thing as it connects with all these other crazy toxins and chemicals but so looking at one thing and looking at an effect over a short period of time This episode is brought to you by Ecotricity, New Zealand's only power company that's 100% renewable and carbon zero certified It's Ecotricity's mission to provide Kiwi homes and businesses with 100% pure renewable power By choosing Ecotricity you are supporting the development of new renewable energy and proving New Zealand's economy can grow without costing the earth. Find out more and sign up at ecotricity.co.nz So going back, doesn't avoid landfill because there's this ash that needs to go somewhere and actually the filters too and they are super, super toxic because they're the thing that's taken all of the toxins. Comes back to there is no way 
Like if you if it's toxic in the first place, then yeah. it's something's going to have to still happen with those toxins. Sure. Um, number three is kind of covered off. Um, it doesn't really make waste vanish. It's still there. Um, which, Sorry, what was number three again? Well, reduces the volume of rubbish by up to seventy percent. Gotcha. Mm. So. That is a good thing, but like you said with the Kaikoura example, there's kind of other ways to achieve that volumetric reduction. Especially if you're going to throw multiple millions at something. Um, We could look at actually the easiest thing to do with to reduce our waste by that much is just to take the food and garden waste and the recycling out of it and they get bam 65 percent just like that so throw your money and energy and resources at yeah and your legislation yeah and whatnot yeah gotcha. yeah so just a few tweaks of our legislation and we could achieve that really comfortably right so number four was about creating jobs so let's look at that one a little bit more closely um it, I hate to sort of slam it, but it is it is the worst way to create jobs from waste. Like really? categorically. Why? So because the people have done studies across looking at all the different ways that you can treat waste, um, whether you just throw it in a landfill, whether you burn it, whether you try and recycle it, whether you try and repurpose, rehome and fix it, whatever. Um, given that obviously you can't do all of those things with all the waste streams. But if you just say for every 10,000 tonnes – there is one job in waste to energy, okay, for okay. every 10,000 tonnes of waste, gotcha. which is actually pretty much bang on the example they gave in Dublin. And then if we take that same 10,000 tonnes, you will get six jobs created if you have a landfill for that 10,000 tonnes. Oh. And you would get about 36 jobs in recycling. Oh, wow. And if you were to recover those resources, as in reuse them, you would get about 200 to 300 jobs. Huh. So that is, um, and that is actually what is happening with our waste in New Zealand. We have a very strong community recycling network with these zero waste aims where they're taking the waste stream with the goal of diverting as much of it back into the community to provide materials to artists or gear industry yeah industry um, looking at it, it's a circular economy looking yeah. at how they can take those resources and repurpose rehome which obviously if like the pinnacle of the hierarchy is don't throw stuff out in the first place but the second place would be if someone's gonna capture it and get it back into the into the I'm so proud people, of you right? Tim you, no. you taught me all this, this is, I didn't know this before yeah you've got it yay so, yeah, I think that we have to be so careful when we hear about, oh, it's going to create jobs because um, lots of things can create jobs, I guess. Yeah. But it's like, is, in total, is it going to be more jobs or less jobs? One thirty-sixth as much as recycling yep. and one two to three hundredth as many as in, uh, what do you call it? Reclaiming, recapturing. Uh, resource recovery. Resource recovery. Put that in your jobs pipe and smoke it, lobbyists. Number five. You're really turning me against waste of energy. Well, I'm trying to appear neutral. It's not going well. It's important that we see the facts. Yes. So number five, which was around this point, which is kind of getting quite near the the heart of it all, is that it doesn't have to gobble everything up. Mm -hmm. That you can still have uh, an incineration plant uh, that is just using up the leftover waste that we can't yeah. get rid of. So let's say we've got some very effective programs that are capturing recycling stuff. We're getting a lot of the soft plastics. We're getting metal. 
and uh, even glass. working even working with the community recycling network mm-hmm. who might be like say in Raglan for example which is very close to where someone suggested they have a plant in Huntley mm-hmm. uh, that they take that they actually work together with yeah. those guys and they just take the leftovers. So we've got great programs happening, but there's always there's always going to be some stuff that isn't captured by these programs. And so the um, position is that that stuff could go into an incinerator. Exactly. Hooray. Yeah. Or not. Well, so that community recycling um, conglomerate, I guess mm-hmm. you could call it, which is the Zero Waste Network, have actually got a petition out against waste energy and... Uh, they're saying it's not compatible with zero waste at all. And they, and I, I've spoken to them about this, and they say that, well, and this is the case, the industry agrees here as well, that it is the most expensive way to deal with waste. Right. Okay. So I read that um, any municipal waste incinerator established for less than 70 million is probably cutting corners. Um, and I guess that actually depends on the size of it as well. But well, that's the thing. We're in New Zealand. That's yeah. so much money for us. It's huge. And if you look at what you can do with that money, yeah. uh, it's you could just get some really, really cool outcomes. Um, so basically, whether it's $700 million or, or actually that Hokitika one, they're looking at an investment of, they were looking at an investment of around $300 million. Um, and $300 so, million? Dollars. Yeah. And that Are was, you serious? Yes. For an incinerator? Yes. That's so much money. Yep. It's too much. It's too much, Tim. It's too much. So once you have invested three hundred million, yeah. you need to make a return on your investment. Sure. And that is just a basic fact of life. Um so typically a an incineration plant would tie a council into a very long contract. 20 years plus mm-hmm. um, and over that time the council's obligated to or the, the whoever has that contract is obligated to provide a certain amount of waste because otherwise they can't make their investment back so I think that for the Hokitika one they're looking at for that to be viable they need 300,000 tonnes a year which is about half of the waste in all of the South Island Wow! so that's what they're looking at doing and if the South Island was to be concurrently trying to reduce waste overall, yeah. say working towards a zero waste goal. Those two things are obviously they in just conflict. Can't, they can't work together. Right. Um, and that's kind of why you get people that are so anti-landfill saying how wonderful landfills are by contrast. Right. Because it's a place where you can... They Store, encourage you can you can the, keep the a ins- landfill going for as long as you need it to. Sure, a landfill can stay open for a thousand years if mm-hmm. you're not putting much in it. But also, the rate at which you fill it is not like an incinerator. Obviously, will there'll be because of the temperatures it's using, because of the energy that it requires to get up that temperature. There'll be some base level that you need for it to yeah. run, effect, like That's cost exactly, effectively. Exactly, cost effectively and, and energy effectively as well. And reducing the amount of waste that you throw into it will throw that out of whack. So if we're trying yeah. to go towards zero waste goals, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And so this is one this of the reasons sense. why it works, and well, what well, arguably works in in Sweden because they have got they're on Europe. a continent exactly yeah. they've got Europe right there <laughs> yeah. and they're able to just and this is what they are doing is they're starting to ship in waste to keep their plants going um, 
Whereas for it, it's, it seems like it would be totally inappropriate for New Zealand. This we small are island an nation. island and it's finite. And the only way we can genuinely feed them is to keep our waste. Like we, can, we could start with, a, say, a conservative, um, a smaller plant mm-hmm. um, that perhaps wouldn't meet all of our needs. And so then we could work towards reducing our waste to that point but it, but it's but just it still it's feels still, like it's yeah. so in conflict with the greater goal of just reducing the, the yeah, whole waste yeah. in, in total in 2017 the european commission looked into waste energy uh, to see if it really was working for them and um they came out with the statement that it produced infrastructural barriers uh, to zero waste yeah, yeah. Of co- well of course because you've set up this incentive this huge incentive to keep feeding the beast. Yeah, so they they have like a, they really want to have a circular economy, right. and um, you just can't have both of those things. And don't think that because they've made energy out of waste that that's circular. Yeah, it's like cutting your wedding dress up for dishcloths. Yeah, yeah, that's it's, a great analogy. Yeah, because yeah. there'll be so much lost in the transference from one thing to the other. Yeah, it's it, not an. Yeah. I mean, we went through the efficiencies of it, so it's one third as efficient as coal. Well, and this is the this. So what we've what we've kind of done is gone through point. The industry says about these are these are the great things. It's it's jobs, it's energy, it's you make your waste disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all we've done so far is really just go through and look carefully at yeah, those claims. Yeah, but. Really Really, what we haven't done yet is the heart of it all, which is the actual problem, which isn't what do we do with our waste. The actual problem is that we're running out of resources. We are, as a species on this planet, eating our lifeboat up. And now we're wondering what to do with the lifeboat, the lifeboat bits that we've pooed out the other end after six months. Mm-hmm. So just, <laughs> was that a good analogy? Um, it's very strong and visual for me. <laughs> It's uh, that's that's really the heart of it is taking uh, resources that are incredibly precious, whether they're from New Zealand or whether they're from these millions of places overseas. All of this stuff that we buy is coming from a real place, whether it's oil or plastic or our cell phones coming from multiple places. Um, and every time we take something out of those environments, we degrade them and we contribute to the. Um, endanger the the endangered or the extinction rates um, the the way land is used and degraded and this is it's really I guess it's kind of the heart of what we talk about in this podcast too is that it's it's how we buy stuff it's stuff that is creating the problem for us mm-hmm. as as a species on this planet mm-hmm. and so that is really the the issue is. It's not what do we do with our waste, but how do we survive into the next century without destroying our lifeboat? And we need to be able to use a resource and we need to be able to have it again when we're finished with it and not chuck it out. We need to stop Which isn't taking... even difficult. It's not even hard. It's just we've... McDonald's is the one that always got me. And actually, it's not fair to single them out, but any fast food place that gives you a takeaway bag... You use it for often 45 seconds. Mm. Like your food goes in it. And you eat it straight away. And you eat it and you throw all the packaging out and the box that your burger came in and all that kind of stuff. And it has served its purpose for literally oftentimes less than a minute. And all of these things had to happen for it to exist for this fraction of time. 
and then it, and then it's waste, obviously. So then it has to go somewhere after that. Yeah, like it just doesn't make any intuitive sense that we would use. It doesn't make any intuitive sense. Or the fact that we use plastic with food so much because plastic is completely non-perishable. So we've created this this cover to wrap our food in it's that then will survive for a thousand years or more. or more what you really want is a cover that's going to do its thing for as long as the thing that's inside it exactly. like you say like sometimes it's 30 seconds sometimes it's six months but it's never a thousand years or do it again like how we used to use glass for everything before yeah so it is it is quite intuitive these solutions and it re- and actually it sometimes it's not or often it's not even about new technology yeah. in most cases we've already got really cool packaging that and the, would work and the way we bring, used to do it back in the day yeah it's just it's so kind of just better. this economic tweak really mm. and that's where the government comes in and I guess that's what's a bit different about this episode today is that really these things aren't things that we can do as as a consumer but it's more as a citizen um we just need to keep telling our guys supporting them it's yeah. really scary for politicians to be making these calls that the population's not quite ready for that yeah. they'll react to yeah it could be seen as a restriction of freedom or interfering with free markets um and actually we do have a set of rules and legislation it's just a matter of what set we've got it's and such who a it nice favors. way such a nice way of looking at it support your local politician support them into making the right decision mm, be friendly or bully the hell out of them if they're doing the wrong thing ask them why they're doing the wrong thing Good who cop, paid cop. them <laughs> sticks and carrots i'm a big fan yeah um that is so eye-opening and it, it this really resonates with me like it makes logical sense why a this wouldn't be the magic bullet that i first of all thought it was and b it seems to me to be wholly inappropriate for new zealand Especially at that massive cost. And actually one of the reasons they're coming here and just hoping to connect with us emotionally around mm-hmm. how awful landfills are and what an amazing Which solution they are. is. They are actually really connecting with I people. mean, sorry, Especially- landfills are awful. I was, oh, I yes. Mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one of the reasons they're coming is because they're coming from countries where they're a little bit ahead of us with the legislation and it's getting harder for them to operate. Right. Whereas we're just a bit behind here and we've got these great ideas around a circular economy, but we haven't locked it in yet. And that's our intention to lock it in and to really work towards how we can reuse our resources not burn them up mm-hmm. um, but there's just a bit of a, an opportunity here for the waste energy companies to come in and hope that we will invest in them. So we've got a party in government right now that is very focused on these sorts of issues on environmentalism and making sure that the um, energy systems that we're using have a long-term view and are beneficial to us in a whole host of ways you know employment environment all the all the lenses all, all the different lenses and that's the greens and i feel like if there's one party to really get on and support um them in a particular direction they seem to be they they would be the ones with the kind of their ears most open to this I think they've got the most well-formed opinions and um, they work with scientists and experts in the field who are really well-informed. I guess it's like anything, whether we take our information, our science sort of information about how great things are for the environment from the people who will be making the money out of it yes. or whether we take it from the scientists. And to, just to be fair, because I hate throwing anyone under the bus, yeah. I really do, everyone's... 
nice. <laughs> so not true. But I, I, I guess when you when you talk with people, you always it doesn't matter what sector they're from. There's always that connection as humans, and everyone is doing their best. I think is that true? Well, not the oil industry, but that's another episode. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that. A bit of a but sucker for people, like even those people, they've still got families. And what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that it's not about the individual; it's no, about exactly. these huge infrastructural, organisational, and institutional problems that get created. And whenever something is too big, in my opinion, it goes bad. So, like the oil industry, for example, is one where they have been so flooded with riches and resources that they have allowed themselves to get so big. And whenever an organisation gets so big. It starts protecting its own size and existence in very um, gross ways. But the point I was bringing up with the Greens being a government is that there is a temptation when you get um, a politician or a party or a government that is aligned with your views to take your foot off the gas because you're like, cool, we got them in, they got it from here, that's representative democracy. Whereas in fact, the way we should be looking at it is, okay, now we've actually got our shot. Now we've got our opportunity to have people who will listen to people like us in terms of what the plans will be. So this is not the time to take your foot off the gas. And like I totally um, agree and and empathize with the fact that our lives are very busy, but there are some very easy, quick wins. You mentioned earlier about tracking down certain petitions and adding your name to Mm. it because that just, when a politician gets a petition about a specific issue and it could be about energy generation in New Zealand and it has the weight of tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of signatures attached to it, they really pay attention to this stuff. That's how we got... Um, the single-use plastic bags ban. It is. And Jacinda Ardern said that. I really remember it from her press release when she announced the ban. She said, I was completely surprised by the emotion of New Zealanders and school children and the, the, the volume of people that cared about this issue. And that was basically where the ban came from. And that is the whole point of this podcast that we're doing is to get the word out there so we can be a little bit better informed and educated about how to make these good decisions and then spread spread it out mm. spread all those yeah, actions out i would i would actually like to finish with a challenge um i guess for our listeners depending on who you are why you're listening where you're at um either i'd encourage you to sign the petition which is specifically about incineration and municipal waste in new zealand uh and that's the it's You'll find that at zerowaste.co.nz and it's the Regeneration Not Incineration petition, which we will um, give you a link to in the show notes. Um, But otherwise, could I encourage you to share this episode of How to Save the World with a friend or an influential person that's hopeful that waste to energy is a win-win solution for waste and the environment in New Zealand? Because I feel that this is a conversation that's very hard to have. Um, I know people who've had... You know, they'll put up a comment on Facebook about um, incineration and then their own friends are critiquing them and they've had to take the comments off. And it's just, it's a really divisive thing and it's really hard. And I think particularly in the Dome Valley or in any community where you're affected by a landfill, Mm. it's incredibly emotional. Yes. And I actually think it's fair that 
stops us from even considering other op- options because waste energy comes along and it it feels like a lifesaver sure. like if you're just sort of bobbing around in the ocean and next thing someone throws your lifesaver look and- if you're in a community that's looking down the barrel of having a new landfill opened up on your doorstep i totally understand that you would be looking for any other possible solution to stop that from happening you certainly it doesn't mean it doesn't feel nice to have uh, some sort of green advocate come along and say oh that's not a very sustainable life saver you're holding on to it's made of plastic and Mm. it's got toxic glue you're like i'm drowning here guys i've got a lifesaver just leave me alone yeah i guess i think and i think that's the emotional reaction that we have which is totally fair enough but if i can just encourage people to uh, be brave, I think, and just look at... And think this thing through. Think it through. Because I didn't. Don't, I don't just, replace a problem with another problem that's actually a this. bit more toxic and just a little bit more longer-term commitment and just a little bit more difficult to achieve zero waste with. Yeah. I was just watching those Facebook videos. I thought it was awesome, but it isn't. It turns out the the um, issue is a little bit longer than the 45-second video I was watching. I think it's funny that you've been targeted. I don't get those. Don't you? No, I don't. No, you're not spending enough time online. It's got my <laughs> number, that's for sure. Um, thank you so much for doing this fantastic research wave. And I will say as well that our ears are always open. So if you have additional information that you think we've missed, if you... Um, are shaking your fist at the podcast device you're listening to right now going oh they've missed this fantastic feature of um, waste to energy of an incineration um, in particular reach out to us facebook.com slash how to save the world just all no spaces or anything um, flick us a message and we'll be happy to put that on we're not journalists so we're not under like an obligation to have some fairness doctrine here but of course Waveney and I will always listen to new information that is presented to us if you know it's true (laughs) (laughs) i am a bit of a debater from way back and my mum always used to laugh at me when regardless of the topic which is just assigned randomly which side i always convinced myself that that was true like there's one i did which is new zealand should become a state of australia totally believed it for years and years (laughs) (laughs) so i'm quite a sucker for new information just try me um i am always really open um can I just also thank Hannah and Liam for the, from the Rubbish Trip and Val from Zero Waste Network. who um, And Mike for talking to you from Sierra course, as well. Yeah, yeah. Mike was awesome. And um, there were others in the waste industry, that uh, in the waste energy industry that wouldn't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really appreciated his um, feedback. It was really cool. Um, so I'm going to actually put some links in the show notes to some really cool resources that Hannah and Liam have got and also Zero Waste Network. And yeah, get out there. Sign the petition, talk to people about it, and let's see if we can just provide a bit of a alternative response to the waste energy push. How's yeah? Nga mihi nui. Thank you very much, Wave. Thank you for listening, and um, catch us on Facebook. Give us a rating, please. That helps as well spread the word, and we'll catch you in the next episode of How to Save the World. Thanks again to our sponsor, Ecotricity, New Zealand's only provider of 100% renewable and carbon zero certified electricity. Find out how to switch your home or business at ecotricity.co.nz.